All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Fantrex. We do want to let you guys know that you can go ahead and head head on over to Fantrax.com. You can enter the promo code ESF, just like Eat Sleep Fantasy, um, and you can use that promo code for a free premium league upgrade. Um, You know, check out Fantrax. It's got some great stuff on there. Uh, We've got a pretty cool show tonight. We're going to be doing a mock draft myself along with introducing with me by my side, as always, Armando Crespo. How you doing tonight, Armando? What's up, guys? Just me and Breeder today. Um, Going to do some mock drafts. It's going to be interesting because a lot of things have changed over the past few weeks. Yep. So we're going to be mock drafting. We're going to start this mock draft out of the first overall position. We get a lot of questions from people asking how do they start their drafts. So we're going to start there. We're also going to be talking later in the episode with Howard Bender. Um <clears throat> You know, he is the guy on Twitter that does a lot of the mock draft army, and it's, it's just a great episode to kind of pair with the mock drafts. Um, you know, it's something you should be doing in the offseason, getting yourself prepared for the fantasy football season. Um, the best way that you can do so now is get into those draft rooms, try to get some people from Twitter or some people that you know, and do some mock drafts um, to prepare yourself for what people are actually doing in mock drafts, see where people are going, how values are changing. You know, for example, how is Le'Veon Bell's suspension affecting where he's being drafted? You know, is his value adjusting quickly enough? What are, what are things that are going on in draft lobbies? Um, guys that are rising, uh, for example, Tyler Lockett's been rising all off season, but he might be a guy that you were targeting way earlier in the off season if you're something is something that you look at while you're mock draft early. So, <clears throat> all right, Armando, let's go ahead and get into the mock draft. All right. Mock draft. Oh, that was good. Yeah, right. I like mock drafting a lot, man. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, I try, I try to avoid it as long as possible. Just <laughs> it, it gets so addicting. Once you start going, you just keep going every day, hours and hours of mock drafting. Okay, well, I accidentally um, got us into a auction mock draft. So let me back out of here. <laughs> oh, well, I, I love I personally love auction mock drafts. I do too, but uh on the on the podcast that would probably take too long. So let's oh, go ahead yeah. and, and back out for a second. All right, so it looks like we're going to be drafting number 1 overall. Um it's already pretty interesting. <laughs> we haven't even started yet, and I know Armando and I are going to differ here. Um in a lot of drafts we're going to hear constantly the question of are you going to take a wide receiver number one overall, or are you going to take a running back? For me, this kind of comes down to personal preference and your risk aversion. Um, I don't mind either way. If you know your league mates and you know they're going to go running back heavy, in that scenario, I would take running backs. If you know your league mates and they're going to go wide receiver heavy, I would take a wide receiver first overall. In our league, personally, in the types of leagues that we play, people are still seem to yeah. be running back heavy, so we kind of prefer that route. Um, so my number one overall running back right now with the Lev Bell suspension and all that, I have Todd Gurley. I know you got a little bit of a different opinion there, Armando. Yeah, I currently have Adrian Peterson. I just recently changed that around. I, you know, there's a lot. It's, it's making me nervous right now with uh, Le'Veon Bell getting out. I just want someone that's going to be consistently there. He's not going to get injured. He's healthy. 
Um, but, you know, there's receivers now. And I think it's really interesting to look at the receivers because I feel like there's two tiers of wide, three tiers of wide receivers. There's the top five guys that are just are going to take your team to the house every week. You have Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham, and DeAndre Hopkins. And there's that, there's that second tier. I, I don't know if ever, anyone's ever talked about it before, but I feel like there's different tiers. And then you have the Mike Evans all the way down to the Alshon Jeffrey. Then there's everyone else after that. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. It just makes like you want to get an elite receiver, but there's only five guys that are really going to carry your team. And then the same thing applies to the running back situation. You have Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, and who's your third guy? <laughs> Uh, for me, it's David Johnson. So I know we're not probably if we're going to be drafting you and me, we're probably not going to go that route. Yeah. Um, so the pick here for me, it's either going to be one of those top two wide receivers, Brown or Julio, or if we're going to go the running back route, it would be Gurley. And let me just yeah. say why it would be Gurley. I know the offense is not great, but if there's anybody in the NFL that is the most likely to end the season with the most carries in the NFL, it's Todd Gurley. Yeah. <laughs> what else are the Rams going to do? They're going to feed him the ball over and over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> they're going to give him the rock till he throws up. Do you remember when they said that about C.J. Spiller like four or five <laughs> years ago? We're going to give him the ball till he throws up. That's what I think they're going to do with Todd Gurley. My only worry about Todd Gurley is the offense over there. Obviously, Adrian Peterson has a better quarterback on his side right now. He has better receivers around him. That's my only argument for Adrian Peterson. I do think they're both going to get fed a lot. Gurley is healthier. I mean, is younger. So, is he your number two? Gurley? Yeah, it's Gur- Yeah, I- right, I'm fine. Meet, to, I- I'm fine. Meet me halfway Gurley. there, man. Meet me halfway. Let's go with Todd Gurley for the first pick. That's fine. Let's go Gurley. I'll let you get the next one on the way back. So, after Todd Gurley, Antonio Brown goes. Julio Jones goes. Um, Odell Beckham. Then we see David Johnson, Adrian Peterson. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna round out that whole round. You know. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott still going, A.J. Green, Des Bryant. This is a 12-team draft. So coming all the way back, a ton of wide receivers have gone off the board. Let me just give it a quick count. Three, six wide receivers, one in the first round. One, two, three, four, five. So 11 wide receivers have gone all the way up until this point. That is a ton. But we still have got some pretty good options on the board if that's what we want to do. Uh, we still got Keenan Allen on the board, Brandon Cooks, um, as, as the top available wide receivers. Running backs, um, about the same thing. So let's see, 11 running backs have also gone off the board. No quarterback and one tight end, of course, Rob Gronkowski. So where are you leaning right now, Armando? What are you looking at? Well, right now I'm really leaning towards Key and Allen. We took him last time around this spot. Um, I just, I'm not a big fan of Mark Ingram this year. I know he's super reliable. He has been for the past two years. Um, but if we don't take a good receiver right now, we're not going to have that talent back there. So I'm really leaning towards that Keenan Allen right now. What about you? I love it. That's exactly where I was going to go for right here. Um, Keenan Allen, for both you and me, we have him ranked fairly high at the wide receiver position. You have him at number six overall. Um, I have him at number – I mean, not overall. Number six among wide receivers. I have him at number seven. We love the guy. We both see him as a top ten lock this year especially if you're doing i know this is a standard draft especially if you're in a ppr draft he's a guy that's going to just get a ton of targets get the lion's share of the targets in san diego a team that always passes the ball a lot so 
I think it's a pretty much consensus right now for you and me. We're going to go ahead and take Keenan Allen off the board here at the end of the second round. <clears throat> and where was where was Le'Veon Bell taken, by the way? Well, um, in this draft, it's still going off of consensus average draft position, so it has not probably adjusted enough yet, but he went in the back of the first round. Got it. Realistically speaking, um, as we get closer to drafts, the four-game suspension sticks – I'd see him going somewhere around the end of the second. And I think yeah. that's fair value. I mean, we touched on it a lot last last episode. I know that Dale and um, Richard kind of lean towards the side of avoiding Bell. Uh, what are your thoughts, Armando? Because you didn't get to chime in on the last episode. Well, I'm like if Le'Veon Bell fell to us right now and it was Le'Veon Bell or Keenan Allen, I would probably lean more towards Le'Veon Bell. That tandem of Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell – to end the season, you know, play 75% of the games, that just sounds amazing. I will have no worries. I know my team's going to go to the playoffs and we're going to win a championship. Um, I, yeah, that's just too tasty right there. You get D'Angelo Williams in the ninth, you'll be just fine. <laughs> that just sounds yeah. amazing. At this point, yeah, you're, you're probably going to have to reach for D'Angelo Williams. It's As we get close to the season, that's, that suspension holds up. He's probably going to be drafted, you know, back of the sixth round, top of the seventh, maybe. Maybe even a little bit sooner, depending on your league format and all that. Um, I'm perfectly okay spending two of my first seven picks to get Steelers running back, whoever that is. We've already exactly. seen that Lev Bell goes down. D'Angelo Williams is not the same running back, but that offense can be uh, efficient with whoever they plug in, right? So... Why the hell not go ahead and draft both the guys? You've got a top five running back regardless. And that offense is not the type of offense, and I've, I've already had this discussion um, with the other guys on the podcast. It's not the type of pod, uh, not the type of offense that, okay, once Lev Bell comes back, they're going to split the load. Exactly. They're, they're yeah. not going to do not that. Happening. That's not the Todd Haley offense. The offense there is once Lev Bell comes back, it's his show, and it's the Lev Bell show to get back on tour. So, um <clears throat> You know, if he was still available at the back of the second round, I would take him. So, <clears throat> Armando, we've got another pick here to start out the third round. Um, we've already got one wide receiver, one running back. We can pretty much go with whatever we want to do, best player available on the board. Um, who would be the guy that you're eyeing in this spot? Well, just to change things up a little bit from our last draft, I'm personally leading towards Cam Newton right now. I know that might be a little bit early for because the quarterbacks are so deep this year. But we have Cam Newton right now, Mark Ingram available, and Brandon Cooks. Those are my three options right now. I'm staying away from C.J. Anderson completely and Amari Cooper at this spot. Um, so I'm leaning more towards Cam Newton personally just because I want that elite talent. There's Cam Newton, there's Aaron Rodgers, and there's everyone else. Um, I'm personally of the route, and, I mean, our listeners know this. I'm the guy that's going to, to wait on quarterback until I see um, a value fall to me, even though I do have guys that I like. I do see a regression here for Cam, um, not crazy regression, just maybe a couple spots. He probably, for me, won't finish as number one quarterback. But like Armando said before, he's probably a safe guy, but not a guy that I would be willing to draft here yet, Armando. So um, is there maybe, can I convince you, let's go maybe running, running back wide receiver um, and wait a little bit on quarterback. Who would you take if you had to choose between the running backs and the wide receivers right now? If I had to pick a running back that was available right now, it would definitely be Mark Ingram. Right Mark now, Ingram. I think he's, he has a great value right now in the third round. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. That's one of those spots where there's a guy that's starting to slip and fall a little bit in the draft. Um, I'm 
neither one of us are like crazy high on Mark Ingram, but I think the value is good enough that we should take him in this spot. So are you okay with me going ahead and drafting him there? Yeah, absolutely. Last year you finished 15th with 12 games played. I That's pretty great. He plays all 16 games. He finishes in the top 10. Yep. So as long as he can stay healthy for most of the season, he'll be pretty damn good. So I'm hitting draft on Mark Ingram. So we have started our team with some beast running backs. We started with Todd Gurley and Mark Ingram. Our number wide receiver, number one wide receiver is Keenan Allen, a target monster. Um, a ton of wide receivers again went off the board after us. So we Jesus. saw <clears throat> Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Golden Tate, Randall Cobb, Julian Edelman all went on the all went off the board. Um, in the third round and the beginning of the fourth. Um, <clears throat> we did see a couple tight ends go in the fourth round. Jordan Reed fell all the way to the back of the fourth, which is, I think, pretty good value there if he had fallen to us. Um, four quarterbacks went off the board either in the third or fourth round. Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers um, went in the third, back-to-back. Uh, -back. And then uh, at the end of the fourth, we saw Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck go. So, I mean, those are okay spots for those quarterbacks. If they fall a, a round or two later than norm, I typically will take them. So I've had a couple of drafts where even though I'm a huge Russell Wilson guy, I don't take him in the fourth. If he falls to the fifth or sixth, I've gotten him a ton of drafts in the sixth round. I love that sort of weight on value there. Um, so that's kind of what I'm talking about there. <clears throat> so we're in the last pick of the fourth round, and we've got some very interesting options. We've still got some great running backs off the board. On the board, I mean. And we've got some very interesting wide receivers. So let me read to you the top wide receiver guys we have available, Armando. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Eric Decker, Doug Baldwin, Dante Moncrief, and Michael Floyd are the top available wide receivers. And then at running back, we've got DeMarco Murray, Jonathan Stewart, Jeremy Hill, and Deion Lewis. Uh, so we have back-to-back back -back picks, so we probably can go wherever we want with this. What, where are you leaning here? There's also, if we want to go take a quarterback, Drew Brees is also on the board. Well... I think we all know where I'm leaning towards in this Jarvis Landry. Um, he's currently my number 17 wide receiver, he's, and he's cur his current ADP is number 23. I think he's an amazing value. He could finish top 12. Um, he's definitely the guy I would draft right now at this moment. Jonathan Stewart I have in my top 12 is, of running backs, but we're pretty stacked at running back right now. I think Jarvis Landry's more of a need right now. I, um, I'm going to agree with you here. Based on my own rankings and based on how this draft is going, where wide receiver seems to be going kind of heavy, if I can snag a guy that's still amongst my top 20 at wide receiver and get that second wide receiver that's still in a higher tier before they run out, uh, because we probably won't get a same quality guy when it comes back around, um, <clears throat> I definitely love Jarvis Landry in this spot. As our number, one, number two wide receiver, um, he's going to soak up a ton of targets. I, I've said that I see a little bit of target regression for him obviously that offense might feature a little bit more Devontae Parker but I do see him still being very heavily involved in the offense maybe the offense can be a little bit more efficient in the red zone I love yeah. Jarvis Landry so yeah <clears throat> he's gonna do a lot more with his uh receptions this year than we, he did last year we are agreeing a surprising amount here, <laughs> I, I don't I don't like it <laughs> I'm shocked right now I mean I, I did have to sway you off the quarterback but I, I wouldn't have hated it there I know people are risk. I mean, are, are averse to drafting quarterbacks, but there's certain spots where it becomes a value. So I don't hate drafting quarterbacks. I'm I'm never gonna say that. You just gotta wait for values to fall to you, just like you do have have to do at other positions. 
Yeah, um, I, my only argument for Cam Newton earlier was he's going to change the game. He's going to win you games. He's going to win you a championship. You know, there's players you're going to take at the, around that area that aren't going to win you a championship. Cam Newton can single-handedly carry your team to the playoffs. That's my only argument for taking Cam Newton that early. So, Armando, we've got a, you know, first pick of the fifth round here. We've got a lot of interesting options. We've already got Gurley and Ingram. We've got Keenan Allen and Jarvis Landry. Where are you looking at now that, you know, off on the board we still have, you know, we still have a top five quarterback in Drew Brees. We've still got several top 20 running backs on the board. Um, and, you know, we still got Decker, Baldwin, Floyd, Moncrief on the board at wide receiver. Where are you leaning right now? Looking at the board right now, I am not a big fan of the top two wide receivers available, Eric Decker and Doug Baldwin. Without Gene, With Geno Smith being back there and Doug Baldwin, I feel a huge aggression from last year. I'm avoiding those two guys. I love me some Jonathan Stewart right now. I have him in my top 12, and I think he would be a fantastic flex player. Maybe even DeMarco Murray, but I'm leaning more towards Jonathan Stewart. Okay. Um, so I know that we are differing in our running back rankings. Um, however, I feel like I've swayed you on a few different picks here. So let me just quickly pull up my running back rankings because I'm I'm pretty sure I have uh, Deion Lewis. As, yeah, I do. I do have <laughs> Deion Lewis as my next highest running back. Um, and then after that, it would be... Um, Let's see. Probably DeMarco Murray for me, and then Jonathan Stewart. But if we can get either one of those three guys at the flex, I'm very happy with it. I mean, we're talking about having a flex running back, and we'll probably come back and get a solid wide receiver that we can swap in depending on weak matchup, um, depending on matchups and things like that. If we can have one of these guys at our flex position, um, I love it. I I know I like the upside of Deion Lewis, but I will go ahead and defer to you if we're going to go for a running back there's three guys that I, three or four guys that I really like Murray, Stewart, Hill and Deion Lewis amongst those four I'll let you take your pick well my only argument against Deion Lewis is uh, I don't feel like he's going to get as much work as the other two running backs that are on the board DeMarco Murray and Jonathan Stewart they're both interested in um, I do feel like Jonathan Stewart is the safest pick between those three Okay. he is going to get the most work so I'm definitely taking Jonathan Stewart he's He's a great value right now. Yeah, I think if, if we're talking workload, that's a great argument. I mean, um, Jonathan Seward had eight straight games last year with 20 or more carries. That's absurd amount of work and consistency. Um, and even though Cam seems to be the goal line back, Jonathan Seward still gets gets a good amount of work. Um, so I don't mind the pick, especially at the flex position. If we're looking at consistency, I mean, we're, if we're talking about workload, if we start off our team with guys like Gurley, Ingram, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, and then Jonathan Stewart, we sure have a lock for workload. <laughs> I, I, I actually, the more I think about it, there's a pretty high ceiling with DeMarco Murray right now. <clears throat> right. So he, I, he would be my second running back off the board right here. Um, if, it, if it comes down to how I would order it right now, it would, it would be... Um, it would be Deion Lewis, DeMarco Murray, Jonathan Stewart, but whatever, I'm going to defer this pick to you. Just because it's going to meet us in the middle, I'm going to take DeMarco Murray right now. I have Jonathan Stewart, DeMarco Murray, Deion Lewis. Let's just do DeMarco Murray. It's a good middle ground. Okay, perfect. Um, DeMarco Murray, another one of those guys. Um, they, they've already talked about it in Tennessee, uh, the term exotic smash mouth offense. So they, they really want to run the ball there with Murray and Derrick Henry, the rookie that they drafted uh, in, in uh, out of Alabama. So <clears throat> I really see that offense being very run-heavy. Um, I love that pick there, too. I mean, if you could get DeMarco Murray, the potential of 
DeMarco Murray at your flex. That is a exactly. great that's a great start to your team. All right. <clears throat> so in the fifth round, we saw a little bit of a running back run go after Murray. So Stewart, Deion Lewis, Matt Jones with the next three picks off the board. Then Decker, Jeremy Hill, Doug Baldwin. <clears throat> we did have one more quarterback go off the board in the fifth round, which was Jer Brees. Um, in the sixth round, so sixth, seventh round is when I typically start seeing a tight end run. So sixth round, we saw Kelsey, um, Delaney Walker, and Tyler Eifert, Eifert all go off the board. Um, we also saw a few wide receivers, not crazy. Um, Moncrief, Fitzgerald, and Parker go off the board in the sixth round. Um, and a few more running backs. So Frank Gore, Gio Bernard, Duke Johnson. We're pretty good on running backs right now, but it's still always good to look at who's available and what values are, are there on the board. Um, <clears throat> we've got we've got some interesting decisions to make right now because <clears throat> we do, I don't we do. I don't know where you're at, um, but I have a particular player that I have ranked fairly high that has is in a good spot. End of the sixth round, start of the seventh round is usually where I look at that guy, and that's Colby Fleener. I don't know if you agree with me on Colby Fleener this year, um, but if Benjamin Watson can see 100 targets in a Saints offense, I can only dream of what Colby Fleener what might be able to do. I have said this a few times in our podcast that I don't necessarily think Benjamin Watson is an extreme talent at the tight end position, and I do think that Colby Fleener is pretty good. Um, in the Saints offense, that tight end position is so valuable. Whoever is their number one wide receiver, uh, number one tight end tends to be a good tight end option. Um, I think Colby Fleener is somewhere in between what Benjamin Watson is and what the uber elite Jimmy Graham was, somewhere in between. And if I can get him at my tight end at the back of the sixth round or start of the seventh, I will typically look for him there. What do you think, Armando? I am completely against tight ends. Okay. Until until ninth uh, until like ninth round, I'll start looking at him. Unless Delaney Walker falls into my lap, he's the only tight end I'm willing to reach for a little bit. All right. So um, let me let me read some of the guys that still are on the board. Um, we do have we did have a couple quarterbacks go. So Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and Carson Palmer are all gone. Um, but Eli Manning, Blake Bortles, Philip Rivers, uh, Tom Brady, all still available. Um, we could probably get some of those guys a little, you know, on the ter- on the next pick or uh, on our next. Next next pick, um, they'll probably a couple of them will fall to us. Uh, as far as running backs, we have Langford, Gordon, and Abdullah. And as far as wide receivers, there's there's a few guys here that I do like. We got John Brown, Alan Hearns, Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Lockett, Marvin Jones. A couple of those really stand out to me. I love John Brown, Tyler Lockett, and Marvin Jones this year. Yeah. Um, um, so where are you leaning, Armando? Yeah, the only guy that pops off the chart right now is John Brown. I think he will be a great number two wide receiver getting him as our bench player right now, possibly flex. Uh, I think John Brown's an amazing value at this pick right now. I kind of like Melvin Gordon, but we're already stacked at running backs. I think John Brown will be, will do, do us wonders out there on the side. Well, we've we've got two picks back to back, right? And I'm, I'm super set on one of them will be a wide receiver. And I love John Brown in this spot to me. He's going to be either the first, either the first or the second wide receiver in what will probably be, again, a top five offense in the NFL. Um, so if I can get John Brown in this spot, which I'm already I'm already hitting draft because it seems we're in an agreement there. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> if I can get John Brown in this spot as my first bench player or, you know, 
sub in as a flex depending on what happens on our running back position. Um, I love it. <clears throat> so then it comes to our next pick. Wait, it, before we move, before we move on, I just see a huge regression from Larry Fitzgerald. There's no way he finishes a top five wide receiver next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ma- Ma- Michael Floyd's going to take a huge step forward, and John Brown's going to take a huge step forward. Rank uh, rank the Cardinals wide receivers. Uh, those Michael, three guys. Michael Floyd, John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I'm going to get a little bit hot takey with it. Uh, for me, it's John Brown, then Michael Floyd, then Larry Fitzgerald. So yeah, We're in agreement. Larry Fitzgerald <clears throat> is not the wide receiver you want over there. Yep. So, and interesting enough, he's actually going uh, right behind Michael Floyd and right ahead of John Brown. They're all going very similar spot. Um, in some websites, Larry Fitzgerald is actually still going ahead of both of the other guys. I don't like that value at all. So, <clears throat> all right, so we took John Brown. We've got a couple of options here. We can take another running back, um, or we could consider looking at the tight end. I know you said you want to wait, so I'm okay with that. Um, well, I'm, I'm interested to see what this roster looks like with the tight end. If you are really pro Kobe Fleener, I mean, the only guy I would argue for hard right now is Blake Bortles. I love me some Blake Bortles right now. He might fall to us in the next, next time it comes around. There's but. a chance. There's a chance he falls to us, um, and there's a chance he doesn't. But I I would rather have Kobe Fleener on my team than Blake Bortles. I, I don't mind Bortles. I'm not a, a Bortles hater for 2016. Um, I'm not in the camp that he's going to super regress and he's going to suck this year. I think where he's being drafted as the ninth quarterback overall has already kind of factored in if he's going to have any regression at all, right? So... <clears throat> I don't see. I, I don't have a problem with Bortles, uh, but I do. If I had to choose between Bortles and Kobe Fleener, I'd probably go Fleener. The only reason I'm against well, there's a lot of reasons I'm against Cole. Another reason why I'm against Cole Fleener is because there's just a giant wash. I see Kobe Fleener is the same as Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen's being taken as what the 14th tight end off the board. I like Dwayne so, Allen this year a lot too. That's exactly. Like. So I'm just like, there's Kobe Fleener, there's Dwayne Allen, Antonio Gates is still there. I just feel like maybe we're – I think Kobe Fleener might be a reach right now as a number six tight end. Um, yeah, I think maybe the, the ceiling of Melvin Gordon, the possibility of Melvin Gordon is more right. If we're not going tight me. end, I probably wouldn't go quarterback. So then it, it would be a running back. I, I do like the idea of already having solidified um, basically one, two, three, four running backs and three wide receivers. Um you know, in our first seven picks, if we go ahead and take Melvin Gordon in this spot, we basically have loaded up our team with a bunch of options. I don't have a problem with that, man. You want to do that? Let's do that. Uh, yeah, Melvin definitely. Gordon. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit click on Melvin Gordon as our fourth running back. Um, the odds are that he has a good shot. He's he's gonna get the crack, the first crack at being San Diego's number one running back. Our but, running backs are gonna average. 20 carries a game all, yeah. all of them <laughs> now it just depends on which one of them are efficient and at the running back exactly. position it's kind of what you have to do that's why zero rb is such a popular strategy because you kind of have to throw out there and see who's going to stick but if we can start our team with four guys that you know all have an opportunity at least two of them are going to stick and have a good season so if we can start our team we're going we're to read it out to you todd Gurley. Mark Ingram, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, DeMarco Murray, John Brown, and Melvin Gordon. I love the starts of that team. So, <clears throat> um, 
We did get a little bit fucked on quarterback. <laughs> it's and I'm, tight end. <laughs> and tight end. Holy crap. So this the seventh round was basically uh, the quarterback tight end round. We had one wide receiver go in the whole seventh round and two running backs. Everything else was a quarterback or a tight end. So Kobe Fleener, Phillip Rivers, Zach Ertz, Eli Manning, Gary Barnage, Blake Bortles, Julius Thomas, Tom Brady, all gone in the seventh round. Eighth round was the round of the running back. So even if we had gone that route, running backs would suck at this point. Um, this is the point that I don't like drafting a lot of the guys off the board after, you know, Abdullah and Yeldon and Woodhead and Jennings and Forsett and Carlos Williams. After that, it's really just you're picking amongst a lot of rookies and stuff like that. Um, if I already have three or four running backs at this point, I'm usually pretty happy. So I'm glad that happened. Um <clears throat> Let's see who's on the board. I know a lot of you guys are still here like, man, are they really not going to look at quarterbacks or tight ends here? Um, Armando, it looks like every other team has a starting tight end. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) This is the point where I start to gamble a little bit, right? Because fuck it. If 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 all the other teams have tight ends, I might as well wait because I still like Gates. I still like Dwayne Allen, Um, you know. I can, I can probably wait. And then at quarterback, I mean, there's still Derek Carr. There's still Tyrod Taylor. There's still Andy Dalton. Um, I know we did get a little bit screwed over because we didn't get one of my top 10 guys, but there's still plenty of guys at the quarterback position I could plug in. And when I'm looking at wide receivers, there's still Marvin Jones. There's still Kevin White. There's still Willie Sneed. There's still a lot of guys that I like that yeah. I, I would take. Right now, you know, <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to tell you. Who, who would I draft? <laughs> Marvin Jones. Exactly. You know exactly who I'm looking at. Um, where would you go if it was your pick right now? Well, you know, I know we're stacked at running back. Right now I'm torn between Kevin White and Isaiah Crowell. Okay. Um, the only reason why I'm going to argue myself out of Isaiah Crowell is because I feel like he's not going to get the work this year. Um, he had a little bit of a rocky offseason so far. Um, so I feel like Kevin White might be the safer pick. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of Marvin Jones. He's coming into a new offense. I, I'm pro Kevin White at the moment. I think he's going to be really good this year. Finally, have his rookie season. Okay, yeah, I kind of have him in that order: Marvin Jones, Kevin White, Willie Sneed. I'm okay with either one of those three guys. So if we're going to go that route, I will meet you in the middle, and let's go ahead and draft Kevin White. So Kevin White is a guy coming into. You know, his second year, he did not obviously play at all in his first year. Um, I I see a pretty damn good year for 2016 for Kevin White. That's an offense that we know can support two wide receivers. Oh, we, yeah. We saw it a few years back with Brandon Marshall and Ashawn Jeffrey both being very productive um, with Jay Cutler at the helm. So let's go ahead and take a gamble on Kevin White. All right. So coming back around to us, what are you looking at now? So we already have Gurley, Ingram, uh, Allen, Jarvis Landry, DeMarco Murray as our starting running backs and wide receivers um, and flex. And then uh, on our bench, we have John Brown, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, and Kevin White. Uh, do we want to keep rolling the gamble train on tight end, or do we want to go ahead and just take Gates here? Well, you know, I'm, I'm all about this guy named Arian Foster. <laughs> I feel like... He's a great flyer right now. He's still on the mm. board behind Charles Sims. I'm okay if you want to push for Antonio Gates, but I think Arian Foster right now has a tremendous ceiling. We don't necessarily need a running back, but that's trade bait if we don't need him. 
It's already done. I already did it. Not a bad pick. For me, I have him around 40-something at running back. Um, but it's a guy that if anything should happen in Miami and he should pop, I do not hate it. And we got lucky. Guess who came back around to us? We got our tight end. We got our tight end. So um, off the board after we took Kevin White and Arian Foster, um, we saw that little running back run of those guys that I mentioned before that are kind of pseudo backups. Maybe we got Blunt and Crowell and Charles Sims and Bilal Powell. Um, guys that, if anything should happen to the guy in front of them, or even in some limited capacity, will be solid, um, you know, bi-week type starter guys. Um, and then at wide receiver, Marvin Jones obviously is gone already. That makes me kind of sad. Willie Sneed's gone. Um, but fuck, fuck him. Yeah, at this point is when I'm really seeing, okay, our tight end came back to us, Antonio Gates. I am going to go. We've already had a discussion that we we think in a redraft league, Antonio Gates is going to be very solid on a points per game basis. So we're taking Gates. We're both fairly high on him. So we finally filled our tight end position. I think we start considering a quarterback. I think we're going to differ on this though. I I um I don't think we're going to differ. Who's okay. your guy here? Derek Carr. That is who I'm going to go with. So. Earlier in the offseason, I would have said Andy Dalton. I'm not feeling too comfortable with the situation with Tyler Eifert. So if I'm going to take a gamble on a guy here right now, how things are standing in the offseason, I like Derek Carr in this spot, man. We're talking about the 11th round right now, and we're thinking about a quarterback. And if we can get Derek Carr, who finished last year, what did he have, 32 touchdowns last year? Yes, sir. Um, Who should see, you know, very similar numbers. Okay, maybe if the touchdowns regress a little bit, his yardage will probably be very solid. Uh, he still has, you know, two very good wide receivers, right? He's still got an offense that will probably be fairly pass-heavy. Um, I like him coming into his third year to be a very solid quarterback. So I'll read our team one more time. I'm loving how it's looking right now. Derek Carr, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram. Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Gates, DeMarco Murray. Those are our starters. And then on our bench, we've got John Brown, Melvin Gordon, Kevin White, and the upside play of Arian Foster. I shouldn't have gave Armando that pick. But, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, man. Could have Marvin guy. Jones. I, you know what? I was like, this is two mock drafts that I haven't taken Marvin Jones. The next time we do one on the radio, I'm taking Marvin Jones, okay? I'm just going to call pick. it right now. <laughs> In the first pick. Christian Brito selects Marvin Jones. <laughs> Love the guy, man. And if he doesn't pan out, whatever. But uh, I like where he's going in drafts. <clears throat> All right, so it came back to us. Um, you know, we're starting to see in these later rounds, people are, you know, it's 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 a mixture. You see quarterbacks, you see running backs, you see wide receivers. Um, it's really just based on people who are throwing darts, who are their guys later in the draft. Um, <clears throat> Armando... I'm going to, you know, look at the board. Who do you have right now that you would be willing to throw the dart on as one of our last two players? So I know a lot of people aren't fans of taking two quarterbacks in a draft, but I don't know how much I really trust Derek Carr. So I'm kind of leaning towards the hype train of Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm honestly I'm, – I'm between Tyrod Taylor and – Philip and Devin Funches. 
Um, I love the upside Devin Funches. He played the number one role towards the end of the season last year. Kellen Benjamin's back and Greg Olson's there. I think Devin Funches could have a really good year, and he that's a great flyer. Um, yeah, those are my two guys. Okay. I'll tell you where my head's at for this for this next pick. Um, sorry, I, I don't think I was talking in the mic there. I'm like <laughs> leaning back in my chair, getting comfortable. Um, my head here, and we, we have two picks, so we can probably go with both guys. Uh, my head here is going towards Josh, Josh Doxson, the rookie mm. in, in Washington. Um, I just see that offense starting to fade away from being – uh, you know, the traditional Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garcon. One of those two guys will be gone next year. And I see, you know, towards four or five weeks into the season, the offense starting to take a shift and being featuring probably a combination of Josh Doxson and, and um, Deshaun Jackson. I see Pierre Garcon being phased out of that offense, uh, being gone in 2017. Uh, but I don't mind... Uh, Mr. Funches being drafted here either. So I do like the idea of taking one of those two wide receivers. Is um, um I can't see is Washington available or Booker? DeAndre Washington? Yeah. No, he 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 went uh the last pick before us. The last running back taken. Yeah. Okay. So I typically do like drafting DeAndre Washington in this spot. He's one of the higher upside handcuffs that I really like. Here's one more name that I'll throw out because if you're considering running back handcuffs um, I know that I've been very down on Frank Gore all offseason. And if he has a good year, I'm, my Twitter is going to blow up with people hating on me. Um, yep. But I'm going to say if, if we're going the route of a running back, it would be Josh Ferguson for me in this spot. He's oh, yeah. one of those late round guys you can take. Um, so, honestly. You know who, yep, just to counter that, the other guy who I think is a pretty – high upside is Chris Thompson out of Washington there Matt Jones was pretty terrible on a per carry basis last year um Alpha Morris is gone I, a lot of people aren't talking about him but I do feel like there's a possibility of him taking the role for, I know they're 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 all into Matt Jones but Chris Thompson was really productive when he had the ball in his hands last year not only so, that but if there's if there's a running back that has all the opportunity I know we had this question before and we kind of talked about the early round guys if there's a running back that has all the opportunity in the world and might just absolutely suck with it for me that might be Matt Jones he wasn't very productive last year when he did get the ball I think he'll be better but is there a chance he could totally suck? Yeah, there is. So, um, all right, I'll let you take one of these picks, and I'll take the other one. So, are you leaning one running back or wide receiver? Uh, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Chris Thompson. You're gonna take Chris Thompson, and then I'm gonna go the other route. So, Chris Thompson is off the board to us right here. What are your thoughts about that? I think that is perfectly fun. He's not being drafted in a lot of leagues, um, but if we're talking about a guy who come week five could be the starter, or at the very least he'll be the passing downs guy throughout the season. I mean, we've seen passing down backs can be very valuable, and that offense is probably going to be pretty damn good, you know? So um, if there's a few passing down backs that always break out every year to you know catch a ton of balls, 60 balls or whatever, um, we saw – a few guys be valuable in that role last year. Why can't Chris Thompson be that guy this year? Even if Matt Jones is good, he's probably not going to get a ton of passes. So um, you took your running back 
And then at wide receiver, I oh mean, you just took you just took Thompson, so I don't know if I want Dotson. Um, my next wide receiver would that would then be Devin Funches. So let's you know what, screw it. I like your picks, Armando. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. I'm my sorry. next wide receiver. So you know, since you took uh, Thompson, I, I don't really want to take both of those guys. Um, and then we'll just round out our picks um, with a kicker and a defense here. Um, we don't I'm even of, talk about it too much. Go ahead. I'm of the <laughs> mind that if if Gostowski is still on the board on the round that everybody drafts kick uh, defenses, I usually take the kicker. It doesn't matter here since we're the first uh, pick of the round. So I'm gonna go ahead and just draft. Let's see, Cincinnati defense, who's very hit and miss, but and then go ahead and draft Steven Gostkowski, and then I'll read our final roster. Our roster reads: We've got. Derek Carr, quarterback, Todd Gurley, Mark Ingram as our starting running backs, Keenan Allen and Jarvis Landry as our starting wide receivers, Antonio Gates at tight end, our flex is DeMarco Murray, and then on our bench, I think the bench is probably the nicest part right here, John Brown, Melvin Gordon, Kevin White to start that bench. And then the last three dart dart throws on the bench, um, which when you're talking about your last three picks, it's really just guys that, you're just taking a chance on, right? Maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. But we've got Arian Foster, Chris Thompson, and Devin Funches. Um, I think that's a pretty solid team. And when you throw in Steven Goskowski, I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, I, I actually like it very much. Thoughts, Armando? I love it. I mean, I love that. I love the bench more than anything. Arian Foster is our fifth running back. <laughs> she, I'll take that shit. <laughs> I mean, we've got DeMarco Murray at the flex. That's a lot of guys, second running back. We've got Gurley and Ingram to start the draft. That's pretty freaking awesome with Keenan Allen there. I am I am, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about Keenan Allen as our number one wide receiver. Yeah, if you he know, gets hurt, if Keenan Allen gets hurt, our team's screwed. That's basically it. And we are double downing on Keenan Allen and Antonio Gates. I don't really care, but we drafted a lot of San Diego Chargers. we got Allen, Gates, and Melvin Gordon. Well, Melvin Gordon's a uh, bench guy, so... Um, that offense should be pretty decent. Uh, the biggest concern last year was that they had a ton of injuries across that yeah. offensive line, and they went from being a pretty good offensive line to being absolutely horrible because they're basically just throwing bodies out there. So um, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, all right, cool, Armando. Got anything you want to add here? No, I'm happy with the roster. I hope I, I hope this is when I draft in real life. Okay, so then let's just go ahead and get into our interview now with Howard Bender. So we have on now with us Howard Bender. Uh, Howard's been covering fantasy sports for over a decade for a variety of different websites. Uh, If you want more information on him, you can find his blog at rotobuzzguy.com or you can go ahead and follow him on Twitter at rotobuzzguy. So how you doing tonight, Howard? Well, I'm doing really, really well, actually. I actually, just, uh, just as a heads up, I actually... Shut down the rotobuzzguide.com uh, site just because I'm working full time over at fantasyalarm.com right now, and well, they just leave me no time to write on my own, so I'm I'm all over uh, Fantasy Alarm nowadays. Okay, I'm I'm sorry to get that wrong. Oh, um, Fantasy Alarm, so we'll definitely check you out there. Uh, you know, everybody that's listening now, you can go ahead and check out fantasyalarm.com. Um, so we see that you just kind of got back from a vacation, a few different stops on the fish tour. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? 
Um, I saw that you had like an RV. You rent? Did you rent that out? Did you buy it? Like, what what was that trip like? <laughs> the trip was absolutely amazing. Uh, my wife and I we flew up to Seattle. We met a. Uh, we we live in San Francisco or just south of San Francisco, actually. Uh, we we flew to Seattle. We met up with a buddy of mine and his fiance and. Uh, rented an RV, drove to the gorge in George Washington. I got to tell you, man, if you have, if you've never been to the gorge in Washington, put it on the bucket list. Go see a show there. It is absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. It's like it's like literally sitting there watching a concert uh, at the edge of the Grand Canyon. So, the fact that it was Fish—that's my favorite band—and the fact that uh, it was just so unbelievably beautiful up there. Uh, it was just, it was an absolute amazing, amazing time. Two great nights up there. And then we, uh, and we ended up back in San Francisco for these last three nights of the, uh, of the tour. So five shows, six nights, just unbridled deliciousness. That's pretty awesome. They have a, they do something with one of their songs with the Seahawks, right? Uh, they the- do actually, uh, uh, they play the, they have a song called Wilson, uh, and that's actually... Fish started, and I, I guess this is probably back in uh, in 2011 or 2012. Uh, I can't remember when Russell Wilson's rookie season was. Maybe it was 2013. But uh, Fish was doing a concert at the Gorge, uh, and they started a little grassroots campaign with Seahawks fans, uh, and and lobbied to have Wilson played as Russell Wilson was, you know, coming through the tunnel and onto the field and. It immediately caught on, caught on so much that now Wilson Ramos for the Washington Nationals, that's his walk-up music <laughs> to the plate now as well. Um, and just on a side note, I, I run a league called the Jam uh, on Fantasy Football League, and that's uh, it's a mix of sports guys who are into the jam band scene and jam band guys who are into sports. And uh, and we do a league, so it's uh, Mark Brownstein from the Disco Biscuits and uh, Ryan Stasek from Umphreys McGee, Chris Kuroda, Fish's lighting designer, he's in the league. Uh, and then from the sports side, it's guys like Bob Wischusen from ESPN, uh, Steve Gardner from USA Today, Adam Zucker from CBS Sports, and then Chris Weaver from NFL Films. And Chris Weaver is actually the guy who produced that 30-minute video on the uh, on fish merging with Russell Wilson and coming together for that whole uh, walk up music, so uh, definitely a, a lot of fun, and I love the fact of seeing uh, the fish world and the sports world coming together. Absolutely, man. Does that make you a, a Russell Wilson fan by association, or not really? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, <laughs> I I I play fantasy with my head, not with my heart. So. Uh, guys like Russell Wilson, I'm not as high on as some people might be. So, uh, I avoid him, even though he is, uh, somewhat elusively connected to the band. Right. Armando's on the same train yeah. with you. And you, can you just, uh, I just want to follow up on that. Can you tell me why you're not very high on him? Cause I'm extremely low on Russell Wilson this and year. He's for my number sports. one guy. That's the, that's the one guy that we argue about a lot. Well, you know, I mean, listen, Seattle has always been a run first team, uh, whether it's Marshawn Lynch in the backfield or whether it's going to be Thomas Rawls, they drafted C.J. Procise. And I think that one of the, the issues that they had last year was not only was Marshawn not healthy, but then Thomas Rawls got hurt fairly quickly. 
Right. And it really kind of fell on Russell Wilson to develop more of a passing attack. And I think Pete Carroll just kind of adjusted his offense like that. And it kind of took teams by surprise last year, which is why I think that uh, Doug Baldwin was able to have a three-touchdown game. It's why guys like Tyler Lockett were open for the big play. Um, I'm just, I, I still think that Carroll will go back to that run-first mentality Right. And that's going to end up inhibiting Russell Wilson uh, from throwing as many passes as he did last season. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm really worried about the offensive line. That's my biggest question, Mark. But, yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. So what team are you a fan of? Because it doesn't sound like you're necessarily a Seahawks fan. Are you uh, a San Fran guy since you're out there? No, I'm, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, and I am a sad sack, depressing Jets fan. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute nightmare. If it wasn't for the Cleveland Browns, the Jets would literally be the worst franchise in all of sports. Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we're uh, we're Dolphins fans, so we know you're paid. Um, basically, I have no high hopes. I don't draft any Dolphins players in fantasy. I just I see them in the the view of I just when they just prove it to me. Maybe I'll. I'll finally believe when we're actually good, but I root for them every year, and every year they disappoint me. So I, I know what it's like. <laughs> that was that was a sad conversation, right there. It's <laughs> like a depressing turn. <laughs> um, all right, so tell us a little bit because you've been doing something pretty cool on Twitter. Um, something that uh, the mock draft army. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I find that super interesting. Oh yeah, so the mock draft army. I started probably about five years ago, one of the big issues that everybody has, when you go to one of the sites like ESPN or Yahoo, and you go to do a mock draft over there, you know, half the room is usually uh, populated with computers, uh, with computer players in there, or you get guys who do the draft about three, four, five rounds at the most, and then they drop out. They just throw it onto auto pick. So the ADP that's developing there is really... Uh, just an extension of the, the site's default rankings because that's just how it ends up being picked. Everybody gets drafted uh, on the auto pick. So I was, I was kind of bummed about that, and I wanted to give you know people who really appreciate a, a good mock draft, which I think is probably one of the most helpful tools that you can have uh, when trying to understand public perception about uh, players from year to year. So... I said, I'm going to start up this, this whole thing, and I'm going to recruit a bunch of industry guys. Um, and basically, I, fill, I, I run about five to seven mocks uh, each week, um, and I do a variety of styles, whether it's PPR, standard. I've got some two QB league uh, drafts coming up. I've got a couple of NFFC-style drafts coming up so that uh, people can prepare for their high-stakes games. And I fill half the draft room with industry experts, uh, and the other half of the room I fill with uh, listeners of SiriusXM, readers at Fantasy Alarm, Twitter followers, and you know, and it's just basically it's it's just get the word out. If you're looking for a really good solid mock draft and you really want to see what's going on with everybody, then come do one of our drafts and you can see what's going on. Uh, you end up picking the brains of all these experts and industry guys uh, in the chat room, which is always a great time. And, uh, and, and once that's complete, then I start putting together an ADP report 
which I send out to everybody who's done the mock drafts. I also make it available at fantasyalarm.com. But, uh, you know, it's to me, it's probably one of the more worthwhile ADPs that you can find out there uh, besides something that's done through the NFFC guys uh, over at Stats Incorporated. So, you know, I, I like to do that. I like to set up a trend report so that you can start seeing whose ADP is climbing, whose is falling. And I just, you know, again, it's to me, it's one of the best ways to prepare for uh, your actual draft. Uh, and you know you kind of learn really where you uh, where you can take guys and and where you might be able to wait a round or two. Cool. Um, so, are there any surprises in this year's draft? Anyone you see rising and falling more than you expected? You know, Jordan Reed has has just jumped up, and it blows me away. You know, one of the one of my biggest pet peeves is that when a guy who has a very heavy uh, injury history. Uh, and Reed is one of those guys that he has a good breakout season where he stays manages to stay healthy for at least the majority of the year, uh, and then he ends up getting, you know, he builds up his numbers, he pads his stats, and then the next year everybody just jumps all over him. Uh, they right. did it with Ryan Matthews a couple of years ago, where Matthews stayed healthy for a year, and all of a sudden he was a first-round draft choice the next day. So now I see guys like Jordan Reed, uh, and, you know, people are taking Reed in, like, the third or fourth round, which just, you know, to me is just an, an absolute mind scrambler there because the guy just he does not have the history that says that he can be consistent, you know, in, in his game. So, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff like that, that that starts to develop, and I see other tight ends that are starting to kind of slowly creep up there, and I think that, that people are starting to, to overreach on the position as, as, as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's never played a full season in his, uh, in the three seasons he's been in the NFL and already in mini camp, he got hurt and hurt his ankle. Um, I probably want nothing to do with Jordan Reed. If he's going to go that high, if he falls a little bit more, maybe he's worth, uh, a gamble cause he is good when he plays. Right. But I, I definitely agree with you there. I probably won't take any of the, the high end tight ends to be honest. Um, is yeah, there I, usually, you're... I usually try to avoid them like that also. I, you know, once people start overdrafting guys, once they start reaching, I immediately just start crossing them off my list. I'd much rather have uh, a third-round running back than I would, or a fourth-round running back than I would uh, getting my tight end there who's got that injury, injury problem. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, is, there any, is there anyone you're extremely high on this year? Who are you planning a flag on, pretty much? You know, it's it's kind of funny. I actually had to stop drafting him in mocks because I thought maybe <laughs> I was screwing up his ADP. And that's Sterling Shepard. Now, I understand that, you know, the the year of the rookie wideout, that was a couple, you know, it was two seasons ago. And last year you had all this high hopes for all these rookie wideouts, and they all ended up getting, you know, some of them got hurt, some of them were just disappointing. But I'm really, really high on Sterling Shepard this year. I, I feel that you know Victor Cruz isn't coming back, or or he's not going to be. He's going to be a shell of himself at most. You've got Josh Norman who moves into the uh, into the NFC East, and people are going to start focusing heavily on Odell Beckham. He's going to see a lot of double teams. Right. So for a guy who's going to probably help move the chains on a regular basis and probably see some decent red zone work. I love Sterling Shepard. To me, he's, you know, if you want to equate it, it's like if Odell Beckham and Amari Cooper are their respective teams, number ones, 
Michael Crabtree and Sterling Shepard are going to end up doing that, you know, doing this, playing that similar role. And if Sterling Shepard can put up the numbers that Crabtree put up last year, right. I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge win. That's a good, yeah. that's a good pick. I mean, Eli Manning is going to throw it for 42 to 4,400 yards. He's going to throw 28 to 32 touchdowns and it can't all go to Odell, you know? <laughs> so exactly. Um, I just have one more question. Uh, the Arian Foster dilemma that just arrived in the, the Dolphins locker room. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Where's his ADP in your books right now? Well, right now, Foster seems to be going somewhere around the, uh, I would say probably between the 8th and the 10th round uh, in a standard 12-team draft, a standard or a PPR draft. He's, he's hovering right around there. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, if, if he if, if he can light it up with the Dolphins, well, I mean, listen, the Dolphins, they put zero trust into Lamar Miller last year. They were kind of tilting it towards Jay Ajayi. So... With a guy like Foster, you know, I, I definitely have some, some issues with his injury history. But, I mean, for an 8th to 10th round pick, uh, you know, if he's the Miami running back, or at least he's going to be, uh, you know, in the mix, uh, I definitely think that he warrants consideration there. It's The problem is going to be is that, you know, when the report comes out that, you know, he's going to start seeing the majority of touches, then all of a sudden his ADP is going to shoot way, way up. And, uh, and and it'll probably end up being a, a bust as far as just from from a value standpoint. Do you think that'll happen? Do you think he'll actually get, at any point, the majority of the carries? Or do you think it's still uh, J.H.I.'s, you know, main role or that they'll just split it? Um, you know, I kind of feel like, uh, like, like the, the door is open. Um, you guys are Dolphins fans, so what is it? Kenyon Drake, right? He's the... Yeah. Uh, He's he's the new kid in town. Yeah, I mean you don't draft a, Yeah, but you don't you don't draft a guy like Drake uh if you have full confidence in your uh you know, in your top running back. So if the Dolphins had full confidence in Ajayi being the uh the main guy there, then they wouldn't have drafted Drake where they drafted him and they probably wouldn't have even considered you know, looking at Arian Foster. You know, to me it's similar in the sense that you know, Devonta Freeman had such a crazy breakout year last year because of the way Shanahan's offense really tailored to him, especially with a with a piss poor offensive line over there. Um, but they drafted Tevin Coleman, which because Freeman, you know, took so long to break out, uh, and he he definitely had some troubles there. That I, I feel like the Falcons didn't have enough faith in Freeman of repeating. You know, or, or or being able to break out, and I still think that they're leery about him repeating this year. So, you know, when I see Drake over there with the Finns, I kind of feel like he's going to be a guy who is going to start seeing a little bit of extra attention. Maybe it's going to be uh, very slight in the beginning of the season, but you know, if he just keeps plodding through, then I definitely think that the that there's a, a definite window of opportunity for him this year. Okay, absolutely. All right, Howard. Um, well, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for the, the questions we had for you. We just wanted to let our listeners basically know who you were, some of the stuff you had going on. Um, before we let you go, can you just uh, go ahead and let our listeners know where they can find you again and um, you know some of the things that you're doing out there? Well, absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy. Uh, and, and I'm always uh, always active on Twitter answering questions. You can email me at rotobuzzguy at gmail.com. 
You can find me all over the pages at fantasyalarm.com. Uh, our draft guide is uh, is currently out right now, and it's definitely uh, probably going to be the best twenty bucks you'll ever spend uh, with the amount of work that's been put into into our draft guide. Um, so you can find me there, and then if you want to get involved in the mock draft army, just send an email to mockdraftarmy at yahoo.com. And then what I'll do is I'll uh, put the, I put together a, a weekly schedule. I send that out to everybody. Don't worry, I keep your email address hidden so that you, nobody else sees you and you, it remains private. Um, and just send me an email to mockdraftarmy at yahoo.com. I'll send out the schedule, and then you just email me back and tell me which drafts you're interested in doing. It's as simple as that, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Howard, for being on. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, and, thanks uh, a lot. Have a good night, man. Uh, my pleasure, gentlemen. Always good to talk to you guys, and I'll see you in the mock draft room soon. All right, see you soon. <laughs> Bye. See ya. And we're back. Yep. So we do want to add a couple things just to close out the episode. If you are interested in being part of our listener league, please head on over to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. Go ahead and hit on the submit a question button. Underneath there, there's a tab, there's a space specifically for listener league. Just go ahead and tell us why you deserve to be in the listener league. Um, and, and Dale will deal with that because that's his job now. <laughs> that's your punishment for not being here, Dale. All right. And then um, last but not least, if you guys can do us the favor of please reviewing us on iTunes, we're going to start picking, um, you know, some reviews that are... <laughs> positive negative doesn't matter that we find interesting and maybe reading them on air what do you think about that armando sounds great let's make it more interesting yep or we'll just put you on blast on twitter (laughs) (laughs) um so we we definitely need you guys to uh head on over if you like what we're doing uh let it let it be known to the world right that's the best way that we can be seen on itunes is if we can get reviews and get your guys support so if you can head on over to itunes and give us a five-star review that would be great um and i'm gonna stop pitching right now yeah we like to play till the sun go down and we take that down and we take that down